guy hey, up. Guys. This is Next Guy Up. Thank you for joining us. Press and play. A lot of you are checking us out for the first time, and we appreciate that. A lot of uh, traffic has been coming our way due to a viral post that we really have no affiliation with. But moving on from that, I just want to let you know who we are and what we do. This is Next Guy Up Podcast. We are uh, two cousins. I am KP. My co-host is Cousin Mike. And each and every week, we have a weekly podcast where we get together to discuss sports of the day, whether it be baseball, hockey, football, whatever it is, youth sports, we dive into it. And we try to bring a guest on each and every week to bring them up, whether they have a blog or a podcast of their own or anything. They want to get their word or product out there. We try to bring them on and have a conversation and try to bring them up. That's what we do here. We, we try to elevate people. Next guy up. That's not just a name. It's what we try to do. So sit back, relax, check out our prior episodes, and definitely get involved in the future. We post a lot on our Facebook page that is now private, but in 27 days turns public. So definitely get involved there, share your stories, share your opinions, and as we go down podcast land and bring you along with us. This is Next Guy Up. Now, listen to this message from Anchor, our sponsor, and the beautiful styling voice of my cousin Mike. As he tells you what Anchor is all about. When we come back on the other side, I'm going to be talking Tampa Rays baseball with a special guest. This is Next Guy Up. Take it away, Mike. Next Guy Up. As, as you know, I was just saying before, as we come back from the break, I wanted to talk about the Rays. And now I get a chance to talk about the Tampa Bay Rays. That's right. We haven't spent a lot of time in the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Rays this year because a lot of people haven't spent a lot of time in the Tampa Bay Raise this year, and maybe we've all missed out on something special. But these last couple of days, Game 3, Game 4 of the ALDS against Houston has shown something special. And to beat special, which the Yankees have been this year, you need special, which could be the Rays. But let's not take it from me. You know I'm a Met fan. You know I don't I watch a lot of American League. You know I don't know a lot of American League. So I reached out across the podcast land and found a great podcast with two awesome podcasters. Listen to about four episodes of theirs today. It's called Locked On Rays and the Locked On Sports Podcast Network. And I have one of the hosts with me now. Kevin Weiss has joined us. What's up, Kevin? Oh, not much. Just gearing up for a big game five tomorrow. Honestly, uh, myself and I think much of Rays fandom did not expect it after watching the first two games of the Rays-Astros series. That's for sure. Now, as usual, the Astros, you know, they jumped out to a nice start and they looked like they were going to just roll over. But this Rays team, Kevin, I mean, back against the wall, how many times? At the end of the year, didn't know if they were going to make the wild card. Uh, the, oh. the, the, the playing game, they, they had to go to Oakland. They did fine. Talk about the back against the wall Rays. I mean, this you watched the team all year. Is this the way they've been the entire season? Oh, yeah, it really has been. And, I mean, um, September, they really had to do damage. I mean, they, they, had a, they ended the month with just a great record. I think they were 18 and six or something like that. And then we know what they did in the wild card game, but this is a team that really, I mean, you can talk about the payroll and there, there's been so much adversity with this team this year. It's unbelievable. I mean, you can go all the way back to uh, early summer when the owner was mentioning that, Hey, we might try to split the season with Montreal in the future. We might try to have uh, uh, the, the franchise in two cities, uh, you know, a half a decade from now, but Really, the team, every week for, like, it seemed like a couple of months, there was a, a, an injury. One guy would go – I mean, Yankees fans can attest to, to how injuries have affected their team this year, but the Rays even more so. In fact, 
um, I think it was baseball prospectus maybe that they did uh, a statistic on which franchise had the most war wins above replacement loss due to injury. And the Rays were at the top of the list. They, they had like 10 or 11 war that was lost due to injury. So yeah, th this really is a team that has fought and clawed battled injuries. I mean, um, I think it was, uh, you know, the baseball season is so long that I tend to lose track of, with of you. Yeah, you know, I'm the timelines and everything. But um, <laughs> there was a period there where the Rays had basically one starter, and that was Charlie Morton. And then they had a bullpen guy by the name of Ryan Yarbrough, who's a soft-tossing soft lefty. Mm -hmm. He was their number two starter. And then it was bullpen days after that because Tyler Glass now was injured. Blake Snell was injured. Yanni Chirinos was injured. And – it, it just this team has been we we use the the term pretty much every day on the podcast resilient they really have been this year it, it's unbelievable and really it'd be obviously as a race fan but i think just baseball in general it would be a great story i mean you could almost make it into a, a future moneyball movie if if the rays win and, and are able to face the yankees and make it to the world series just everything that they've gone through this year because it's been a roller coaster that, that's really the best way to put it it's been a roller coaster this year right and it'd be better for moneyball because those elkin ace teams they can never seem to get out of the first or second round so i hear what you're saying absolutely um now first of all let's start with your podcast your podcast you and ulysses zambrano you guys do a great job together phenomenal uh, chemistry you guys uh, locked on Rays on Locked On Podcast. Talk about that for a second before we get into the baseball. What is the Locked On Podcast Network? Is that I see, I see a bunch of other uh, yeah. Locked On thing. What do you got there? Yeah, very good question. So um, there's a guy named David Locke, uh, and he's actually the play-by-play -play broadcaster for the Utah Jazz. Hmm. Uh, so he's got a pretty extensive uh, background in broadcasting and sports media and everything. And, and this is really his brainchild where he thought, what if we – put together a podcast outlet or a podcast formula where, you know, every professional franchise and, and some of the big college teams have their own podcast that's dedicated to that one team every day, five days a week. And, and that's really what it is. And, and I know it, it's, it's grown um, every year and every season. In fact, they just added NHL uh, this year and, and this season. So really it's, um, it's short format. We do 15 to 20 minutes a day. Uh, obviously, we, we focus mainly on the Rays, but we'll hit on the AL East and some of the, the macro-level baseball stuff. But there's a lot of locked-on you know, Raptors, locked-on uh, Orioles, locked-on almost pretty, pretty much if there's a, a professional franchise out there or a, or a big-name college team like the Florida Gators, for example, they've got their own locked-on wow. uh, podcast. So it's it's really interesting kind of his his idea and, and really it gives a lot of you know up and coming broadcasters and, and guys that you know just have that um you know itch to to speak about their team and uh do it in kind of a, a local hyper local fashion it, it allows them to do that so it, it's the brainchild of i mean you can just google utah jazz play-by-play -play broadcaster and um you can kind of read all about his story and everything but um i think it obviously it started with he was doing a daily podcast with the utah jazz and he figured why not branch out and make it bigger and and now it's 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 going all over the place we recently hired some um some espn producers wow. and or the did rather like um you know, some guys might be familiar with Jay Soderberg, um, you know, some of those things. 
things. But um, yeah, so it's it's really his brainchild, and it's it's really really growing. So it's a, it's a really cool thing to be a part of, and uh, we hope to be a part of it for for a long time. I'm sure you will. From what I heard today, you guys sound great. I'm afraid my partner, who's not with us tonight, my cousin, my cousin Mike's gonna hear this and want to get involved, and now I'm gonna lose it. But oh, you know what happens? Whatever. It's podcast line. I doubt I doubt that's gonna happen. Anyway, <laughs> let's get back to the race. Let's get back to it. And oh, before I go on with that. They can find it on Apple. They can find it on all the podcast forums. Yeah, yeah. Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. You could just Google it and, and it'll come up, you know, if you've got a smartphone, Android, whatever. And and you, you can find it one way or another. Very good. Very good. All right, let's get let's get it. Let's start at the top with this team. And the top, of course, is the GM and the manager. What they put together here is something special because, you know, you don't see a lot of change in baseball. You know, you don't see change like, you know, like changing the way the game is played. And it seems like the Rays, and I correct me if I'm wrong, are doing a lot of changing the way the game is played with their wacky shifts and also with the way they, of course, handle the bullpen or the pitching. And, of course, that all starts with the starters. Now, no one has taken this starter idea more um, further then Kevin Cash and Eric Nieder, what is it, Nieder? Nieder? How am I going to say his name right? Eric? Yeah. Yeah. Nieder. Yeah. They have taken this. These two young, what's the GM, like 34 and the manager like 41. They have really started something in baseball that I don't know. I don't know if they started it, but they're definitely making it um, def- They're making it popular in the in success. with success is the starter thing. Does it drive you nuts as a fan? Do you wish you just had the traditional five starters? Does this, uh, like they did last night. Does that drive you crazy as a fan, or you kind of dig what they're doing? Honestly, at this point, following the Rays for so long and being a fan, it, it's kind of, it comes with the territory. You know they're going to do some some quirky things and and think outside the box and, and figure any way that they can get an advantage. And it, it's one of those things where um, if other franchises are catching on and starting to do it, I mean, they must be doing something right because they're not the only franchise that that has used this opener strategy where it started with Ryan Stanek, and uh, he, they, they traded him to get Nick Anderson, who's who's been one of the best relievers in baseball since he was acquired at the trade deadline. But, yeah, it's it's a really interesting dynamic between the GM and the manager. And it seems like, you know, in baseball nowadays, it's more the, the front office and, and the GM calling the shots and telling the manager. It, it kind of de-emphasized the, the role of the manager. But I think Kevin Cash, um, yeah, he gets – all the analytics and all the spreadsheets and everything, but he also has some free reign and he's bought into uh, what the front office is selling. That's why he's got a, a five-year contract extension. So I think 2022, 2023, something like that. But um, at this point, you know, we, we kind of almost embrace some of the, the, the oddness and the quirkiness. And, and that's just what this franchise is. I mean, they play in Tropicana field. They, they, they play in, in the probably the quirkiest uh-huh. facility in yeah. all of sports, um, right up there with with Oakland's, uh, you know, football, baseball, whatever you want to call it. But it, it, it's just the, the motto of the franchise. It's interesting, though, because it, it obviously started back with, um, you know, several years ago, it started with Andrew Friedman, who was the GM at the time, and Joe Madden, of course, who went on to, uh, you know, win a World Series with Chicago. And then it's really just been a continuation of that. And really the big thing for the Rays is, yeah, they've lost some front office types and, and some bench coaches to other organizations. I mean, if you look around baseball, um, you've got Davey Martinez, who's with the Nationals, Rocco Baldelli, who's with the Twins, um, the, the Blue Jays uh, manager, Charlie Montoyo, 
He's another guy that's a, that's a former Rays organization guy. So, you know, you see a lot of these other organizations that are kind of plucking some of the guys from, from the Rays, but for the most part, they still maintain that continuity and at least keeping guys, you know, they just promote from within. So Andrew Friedman, he goes to the Dodgers. They just promote it's next man up, next guy up mentality. And that, that's really what they do on the field as well. But it's funny because their, their GM, Eric Neander, uh, he, like you mentioned, he's a young guy and he's one of the few guys. He's a, a Virginia Tech alum. And most of these guys, most of these, you know, nerdy baseball GM types, they're from these Ivy, Ivy League. League schools. Yeah. 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 And he, he's one of the guys. He came from a, a technology. I mean, obviously, Virginia Tech is a good school. A, yeah. I hear what you're saying. School, yeah. But it, it, you know, if, I, I would say there's not very many non Ivy League GMs in baseball, if you want to put it that way. But yeah, he, he's. They, they've really done a great job. And um, throughout the season, um, you know, we've, we've criticized some of the managerial moves and some of the, the bullpen maneuvers. And, um, you know, sometimes I think Kevin Cash has a tendency to leave guys in a little bit too long or hang them out to dry. But what we've seen in this playoff series uh, and in the wild card and really late in the season is when the opposing team starts to, you know, sniff blood and, and starts to, you know, get a big hit or what, what, whatever it may be, he goes to the next guy. And, and that's the thing that this Rays team probably has the best bullpen in baseball. And, and uh, I think I speak for a lot of Rays fans out there that they're absolutely, absolutely fine with um, what they did last night, especially where it was just a complete bullpen day. Of course they did bring, Blake Snell in to, to close out the, the ninth inning. But How timely was that, too? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, um, you know, it, it's also the – there's the theory out there, and, and, I mean, it's kind of a proven proven at this point that, you know, third time through the order that hitters start to catch on and that there's a lineup that can do that. It's certainly the Houston Astros lineup. So just giving them – one time through the order with Diego Castillo and then moving on to the next guy, Nick Anderson, Colin Poche, Emilio Pagan. I mean, it's, it's, it's really kind of wonderful to see what they've been able to do with that. And it's not like these, I mean, they are the Rays. They've got the lowest payroll or, or second lowest payroll in baseball. And these relievers aren't big free agent signings. No, I they're mean, not household names. That's for sure. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they did try to make a push for Craig Kimbrell, and in hindsight, it, thank God they didn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But a lot of these guys, a lot of these guys have crazy backgrounds too. Nick Ander, Nick Anderson, for example, uh, he had, he had. I mean, he was an alcohol. Uh, he was addicted to alcohol. He he had violent anger issues, and he was kicked out of college. And he's a 29 year old rookie. He was playing indie ball not too long ago. Wow. And now he's, you know, striking out guys with 98 mile an hour at the top of the zone. Another guy, Oliver Drake, um, who's kind of a reverse split guy. He's better to, to left-handed hitters. He throws a split finger that fools guys on end. And he was with a major league record five different franchises last season. Like, uh, wow. In one season? Yeah. They, they, <laughs> they cannot figure it out. And, um, yeah, and, and of course he gets the raise and, and they find something that some redeeming quality mm -hmm. that they can exploit. I mean, Emilio Pagan, who's their de facto closer, he was cut in spring training and he 
I think he played for the athletics last season and had, you know, a four and a half ERA, something like that. So um, it's really kind of a ragtag group. It's a ragtag franchise and they find a way to win games. And it's, it, it kind of makes it more fun that way than having a, you know, $150 million payroll or whatever. It is. I agree with you. This is, there's nothing like watching a team like this perform. It was a fun game to watch last night. It was a fun game to watch in game three. Now, if we go back to put a pin in when this team started, you know, they're up, they're, they're come up as people would say these days, the kids would say they've come up. Would it be the Tommy <laughs> fam trade? Was that is that when things started to turn around, or was it before that? You mean as far as this as, season? As far as this season, as part of putting together the roster, the current roster that's doing what it's doing now, uh, to to make the the Rays seem relevant and to get into the fans going, to get the fans behind them. That trap. Now the trap, like you said, it's not really. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to offend you. But I would have to say, at a, at a thirty baseball stadiums, it, it might be the worst. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, no. First of all, you're not going to offend me with anything. I, okay. I, I don't get offended easily. But but it was rocking last night. I would agree that yes, looking at it from a pure aesthetic standpoint, it is it is an atrocity. But like that. Yeah. <laughs> but as a Floridian, I see the redeeming qualities in it in the sense of, oh my gosh, get here in July and August mm. when it's a hundred degrees out with crazy humidity. And it rains at four o'clock in the afternoon every day. I mean, we, we'd have like 40, 40 rainouts True. if we didn't have the trop. And it's air conditioned also. So mm-hmm. it does have a couple of things that now the location is another thing, but um, we, we've kind of accepted it. But I think it's also time that they've got to find a way to, to get a new stadium with a retractable roof or just a, a, a closed uh, stadium. But yes, I, I would agree with you that it is. I think we can agree that it is the worst stadium in all of baseball. And this is a Mets fan. This is a Mets fan talking. I had Shea Stadium for years, so you know, yeah, yeah. I, I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. So, so getting back to the, the team and uh, Tommy Pham, I, I, I don't know. I when that happened last year at the, at the trade deadline, or was it last year? I believe it was last year. Yes, I was shocked. I don't understand St. Louis doing it. I don't. I still don't understand St. Louis doing it. Tommy Pham's a good baseball player. The year before, he had a crazy season. We see what he do. he's doing in his playoffs. The kid can play baseball. The Tampa Bay Rays got themselves a steal. And I know they gave away, what, I think it was three prospects to get fam. Still, mm-hmm. still a great move in my mind. What, what do you think about the fam deal? Yeah, no, it really was a great move. And, again, the Rays usually don't spend $5 million on a guy either. I mean, and that's not a lot to 29 other, you know, 28 other professional baseball teams. But he, he's really a guy that – I guess going back, the the general manager for the Cardinals or, or people in the front office with the Cardinals thought that he he has a rare eye condition and it causes he's got degenerative vision. I don't know. I'm not an eye doctor, so I don't really know all the specifics and everything. But he he had surgery along the way, and apparently his vision is is all fine now. But he's really a guy. You know, he, he's a solid, very good, basically all star caliber baseball player um i would say he is a negative defender um and his base running while he was a 2020 player this year he does have some gaffes that he makes as far as base running goes he's not as fast as i think he thinks he is but as far as the veteran leadership he provides and of course the production too i mean we saw what what he's done in the postseason um and just his intensity he's a guy that brings it every day and has that um, that utmost confidence 
that he is better than you. And, and I think that feeds to uh, a team of a lot of young players, a lot of cast-offs, a lot of guys that were kind of also overlooked by their former teams. And, and he's a guy that at 31 years old is one of the elder statesmen of the group. And there was a time, um, it was before September, that you know, with with young players, I, I think they they don't always understand the moment of you. You never know. You could get traded to the Orioles next year. You could get traded anyway, anywhere, and and you may not. Anything can happen. You may not have another chance yep. to make it to the postseason yep. or play on a good team. You you just don't know. And he's been around the block a little bit. He's he's been a professional since he was drafted out of high school, and he basically had a pep talk and, and a heart to heart with the entire team. It was almost a, a closed door meeting type. And he said, we need to get our S together. We, we need to be focused every game. You can't take days off or games off. You have to be focused all of the time. And that, that had been a problem earlier on in the season for the race. They started off very hot and then struggled a little bit after that. And they, they were actually not very good at home at all. And, and you could probably blame some of that to the atmosphere or lack thereof, and the lack thereof of, of fan support, because I, yeah, I think a lot of young players, you know, feed off the energy. I mean, we saw it last night with the, the rally towels. The place and everything was rocking like that. last night. It was rocking. Yes. And, and, and that, yeah, and that's the other thing. I mean, there are raised fans out there. It's just, it's hard to, to, to fill the seats with the location and, and where it is. And just, there, there's so many different dynamics that, that, go into why race fans don't go to enough games at the trop, but um, it's hard to expect that for, for 81 home games, you know, you're playing a Tuesday night against the Detroit Tigers. It's hard to expect that same level of intensity, but right, yeah, right. Tommy Pham has just been, he's been, if, if Charlie Morton is kind of the, the, the pitching leader of the group, I would say Tommy Pham is, is kind of one of the more of the hitting leaders of the group. And, and it's been great for him. And and he's a guy that he is very, very outspoken. He's not afraid to to say what's on his mind. I mean, he's called out the fan base. He's called out the lack of payroll. He's called out a number of things. Um, in fact, the, the Rays, I mean, it was so embarrassing. They, they had a $2 ticket promotion against the Baltimore Orioles. I mean, you can, and I, I'm, I'm originally born and raised, or not born, but raised in Indiana. Huh? And it was, it was, you know, eight bucks to go to one of our high school games, high school basketball. <laughs> it's $2 to oh, see the, the, the greatest athletes or some of the, the most special right. athletes in their respective sport right. perform. It'd be different if, you know, they were a 40 and a hundred team at the time or whatever it was. Right I mean, now they were, they were good all year. They That's were good. Crazy. They, they kept it interesting all year. Yeah. yeah. And, and they really started this string it along towards the end of the season. But uh, I know this is a very long-winded answer, but yes, Tommy <laughs> has been has been a godsend for this group. And it'll be very interesting to see uh, what the Rays decide to do because he's probably earned himself quite a bit of money after this season. And that's the thing. I mean, with the Rays, too, is they, they're they always trying to make that next trade to, to see, okay, this guy's getting a little bit tad too expensive. Mm -hmm. He may be getting a little bit tad too older, so we're going to ship him off. I mean, there's a lot of people who thought that Evan Longoria would end his career in a Rays uniform, and alas, that did not happen. So um, if, if Evan Longoria can be sent away, so can Tommy Pham, so can pretty much everybody else 
on this roster that doesn't have a long-term deal. That's so true. And uh, Ligoria, completely right with that. That was sh- that was a shock to see him in another uniform. And I, can't, I hate that about today's game. I wish Ligoria would have been a rate his whole entire career. It was always good to see that. Now, mm-hmm. uh, I, I have to say, you know, you're welcome as a Met fan to just hand you over Travis Darno in the middle of the season. It was a nice little, uh, nice little get for you guys. But who the hell knew? I mean... As a Met fan, I watched Travis Darno. I thought his career was over. I thought he was headed to Japan or the you know the minor leagues or back to those independent leagues like you like you said before. But he has such a re- resurgence with his career down in Tampa Bay. How do you feel about Darno? And do you think he could lead that pitching staff all the way through? Yeah, he's been he's been so huge this season. And a, a little bit of backstory, of course, he was then acquired. From the LA, Dodgers right? yeah, for a hundred thousand right. dollars. I mean, a hundred crazy. Wow, good for the A hundred thousand dollars for uh, basically a seven fifty OPS catcher. I mean, the, the Rays. If there's one bugaboo with their franchise, it's been finding catchers or holding on to a catcher that you know was a prospect and they end up trading them away. It's it's kind of weird how the Rays are so analytically driven and and. They, they have yet to find, until Darno a, a guy who could hit consistently. And, I mean, Wilson Ramos, that's one guy. But for the most part, since they've been as successful, since 2008, really, it's been a lot of guys that, you know, hit around 200, 190. I mean, there's been a lot of years where you suffer through Kelly Shopik and Jose Molina, and the list goes on and on. Meanwhile, uh, the opponent they're facing tomorrow, Robinson Torinos, was a former Ray. Like, they, they trade – their catchers for for whatever reason I don't know but guys who have you know some offensive upside they they got rid of Steven Vogt I mean there's a lot of guys out there but yeah Darno has been yeah nothing short of amazing this season because real honestly if if the Rays did not have Darno they would not be in the playoffs right now because he's had so many big games big hits big moments in fact I think Yankees fans will uh remember a, a home run he may or may not have gotten off of Aroldis Chapman and, that, and yeah. a key situation earlier on, but mm-hmm. he he has been, uh, you know, and I think really since going from the Mets to the Dodgers and and the Dodgers kind of it, it's funny because you've got that dynamic of the general manager Andrew Friedman and the, his relationship with the Rays. It was almost like, um, you know, yeah, he, they gave. They gave him to the Rays for a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars, but they didn't really have a spot for him. They they were all set with their catcher, so mm-hmm. it was one of those things where um, I think going forward, and, and Mark Topkin, who writes for the Tampa Bay Times, he kind of outlined this um, better than I could. But basically, the reason or one of the reasons that the Dodgers made that move was getting in the good graces of Travis Darno maybe for the future and or getting in the good graces of Travis Darno's agent for other players he represents. Mm. Uh, look what we did for this guy. Mm. Okay, maybe try to steer one of your other players in the future towards L.A. So it wasn't all done out of, you know, niceties and that sort of thing. But, yeah, he's he's been big this season because the, the other alternative was or is – Mike Zanino, who uh, he had that that big year in Seattle where he batted 250 and had 20 bombs, but he's a guy that it seems like every time he's at the plate, he, he's striking out. I mean, you would just be 
aghast by his his batting average, his strikeout rate, his OPS. So yeah, w- without Travis Darno's offense and and what he provides behind the plate too, uh, the Rays would not be where they where they are. And I think it was huge for him too because this is a place where yeah he he was dumped off by the Mets and and cast off by the Dodgers. This is a place he found a place in an organization that had a true need for him. Mm-hmm. He embraced him, and and I know that. You know, I don't know all the inner workings of what goes on in the Mets organization, but you, you don't know, want to know. Headline, yeah, reading some of the headlines. You don't want to know. You know. Mickey Calloway and and <laughs> you don't want to know. And I, <laughs> me, anyways, I'm I'm kind of a culture guy. I like, I like a, I like walking into a place that has a good feel and a good culture and, mm-hmm. and a good good vibe. And I don't know, I could be wrong, but it seems like the Mets have a little dysfunction going on. So <laughs> only only my whole life, only my yeah, whole life. No, no, so, not really, not really a long time. Only forty-five years, right? <laughs> so, so with the uh, with with the the Rays, yeah, I mean they've got their own kind of sideshow and, and clown show going on, mm-hmm. but it's still a stable organization from the front office down. And Blake Snell made a really interesting comment um, in his game five or pregame interview. Uh, I guess it was it was made earlier today. He said, you know, every year. In every team I've been on, there's been like one bad apple. There's one guy that nobody likes. This is the first year, or this is a year where everybody likes each other. Everybody loves each other. We have fun. We we embrace each other. And you can see that on the field. Like after a guy hits a home run, they they, yeah. they take the helmet off and everything like that. I mean, so I think Travis Darnot getting kind of a a third life, if you will, mm-hmm. and and walking into an organization that is stable, embraced him, a winning organization, and also working with a guy who he worked with back with the Blue Jays organization, Chad Matola, the hitting coach for the race. I mean, having that previous relationship helped as well. So uh, yeah, he's he's been another, I mean, um, pretty much every player on this race team has their own unique interesting windy road story i mean you you could you could just name a player and they've got a story to tell i I could just put it to you that way that's awesome all right let's get into game five the game five you must be so psyched for game five tomorrow night in houston uh what time's the game start eight o'clock i'm gonna gonna guess it's an eight o'clock start yeah uh well i'm not sure i think it's last i checked 7 p.m 7 p.m 7 p.m yeah good maybe i have a chance to see the end of this these late games kill me. Uh, anyway, but uh, let's get to game five. What do you think? All right, now, as 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 a novice fan, as a, you know, a, a guy who jumped on the race bandwagon yesterday, I'm st- I'm still you know feeling the skid marks on the road. <laughs> who should I be paying attention to? If you had to put on your prediction cap, who is going to be the offensive star for the race tomorrow? Very, very good question. Um, we could go with a guy like Tommy Pham, but. If I had to guess, I would say it's obviously Al Garcia. And he was a guy that, uh, again, acquired for well below his value in the offseason as a free agent signing. He's batting 353 so far in the postseason. And he's just a guy that he's got elite level power. He maybe hasn't shown it in terms of the home run numbers this season. He's got a lot of doubles, but he had maybe the, the best home run. I've ever seen at the trough where it hit off one of the banners um, and it was like a 460 foot moonshot. But he is a guy that he's got a great approach at the plate more often than not. He's hitting the ball up the middle. Um, so if there was a guy, 
and and somebody's got to step up against Garrett Cole. Otherwise, you know, the, the Rays are going home and, and, and packing up. But if there's a guy that I think could get a big hit uh, and at least put something together or, or, or get an extra base hit, uh, Avi Garcia would be the guy, I think. Right. I, I like it. I'm going to circle that on my paper. Now, yeah. now let's talk about Tyler Glass now. What, how, how many innings are you looking for? What, if, if, if Glassdale's still in the game in the fifth, are the Rays sitting good? You know what? I think it honestly, as long as he's got three innings in him, I think three. he's good. Because uh, the Rays said they're going to have everybody available for this game. Everybody available, including Charlie Morton, including Blake Snell, and their entire bullpen. So it's really going to be, I think, another all-hands-on-deck approach. But ideally, you would like to see Glass now get as far into the game without any issue or, or any hiccups. Um, we know in, in uh, game two it was that he uh, he obviously gave up that two-run home run to Jose Altuve, but he also there, – there were – he was getting hit hard against, maybe not necessarily as far as hits go, but there were some warning track shots. There were some hard line drives to the outfielders. So that that's something he's got to be able to harness a little bit more. He's an elite level pitcher who's a star in the making, if not already a star. And uh, I think, you know, if they can get three, four innings out of him, that's great. It, it's really just, it, it's going to be all hands on deck. So um, the, the Rays kind of have a little bit of, advantage um, as far as pitching goes because uh, they, they can deploy every one of their top guys that they want. Exactly. That's the best part of the, what, the way they do things because like, I was thinking about that today. Like They really do have everyone available. Everybody. So that's got to be an advantage. Now Houston's tough. Game 5 going to Houston. Where, if mm-hmm. I had to give you put in a spot and I had to, throw, I had to tell you uh, ask you to put a percentage part on it. What percentage do we think that the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Rays can walk away with a win tomorrow? Very good question. Question two. Um, I would say, I'll say 60%. 60, I'll I say like 60%. it. 60%. Nice. Because, I mean, you, you look at, I mean, just coming back from 0-2 like that, uh-huh. momentum is on their side. I mean, ideally, they, they would have probably liked to play yesterday because they, they had things, or right. today, they, they, yeah. they'd really have things rolling just right. instead of having that day off, you know, just kind of continue that momentum there. But um, I think I read a stat where teams that started out 0-2 and, and ended up squaring the series at 2, one, I think the, the, the record between all those teams is 10-6. and six. So I think the advantage, I think, I don't want to say the advantage is necessarily in their favor because they do have to play in Houston, of course, but they've got all the confidence in the world right now. Yeah, they really do. Were you watching the game? Are you a home guy like me? You have to watch it by yourself? Or do you go out? You you, you, you watch people? How do you watch the games? Very, also very good question. I do admit, okay, in games like this where it's, I got to focus, high intensity. I'm watching by myself. I even make I my girlfriend's got to stay in the other room. That's, that's <laughs> I get it. I, go. I get it. I get it. Yeah. And <laughs> I, yeah, I just got to be in solitude, basically. But if it's like, you know, and really that's how it was for most of September because they were playing elimination games. I mean, we saw the wild card race and how, how close and, and shifty it was between the A's, the Indians, and them. And um, that, that's how a lot of the September games were, to be honest. But I'll, I mean, I go to a handful of games every year. Ulysses, my, 
my co-host, he goes to probably double or triple the games I go to. He went to both of the wild card games, actually, um, but or not wild card, um, ALDS games. But uh, yeah, so I'll I'll be watching at home. I've actually, interestingly enough, I've got a softball game that interferes, so I'll have the uh-huh. DVR rolling and probably watching on on delays. So I, I probably won't be checking Twitter or or anything like that. But yeah, I'll I'll be going I'll be going solo with it for sure. I, I hear you. You at least he's already in he's already in Houston. He's already got his ticket. He's probably he's probably in a hotel right now. Yeah, I, you know what? I wish I don't think we can make the trip. We, we try to you know maybe we'll have to start a GoFundMe in the next you know, for the World Series. Yeah, like absolutely, but absolutely. I know. Hey, he, I, I tell you what, he is. If I was, he is one of. When when there's nobody at the game in like April and May, you can hear him from anywhere. Love he it. is that loud. Love he is it. that he screams the whole game. He yell. He Love is it. he is a legit day one OG Rays fan. That's it. That is it. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, this is this is Kevin Weiss from the Locked On Rays and the Locked On uh, Daily Daily Podcast. He does it every day, guys. He does it every day. Definitely subscribe to it. Check it out. Uh, you guys, do you guys do it year round? Yeah, so that that's how the um, the lockdown podcast format is. Yeah, year round. So we'll get into all the the off season talk, hot stove league. Yeah. We'll kind of you know we'll probably step away from all the you know in depth baseball analysis and everything, and kind of have some more fun segments and kind of keep it loosey goosey a little bit. But yeah, we we do it five days a week, Monday through Friday, and and it'll be year round through the off season. So yeah, we we really. We don't take a break as far as following our team and, and following what's going on. So that kind of keeps it interesting, too, because we got to be a little bit more you know, creative in the offseason because we can't just say, OK, it's baseball offseason. Let, let's talk about the NFL now. Let's talk about college football. So that creates a, another interesting thing for us. That's awesome. That's that. He is Kevin Weiss from the Locked On Rays Daily Podcast. Kevin, thanks again for joining me tonight. This is phenomenal. Got a lot of great information. I got a lot of things circled. I can now watch the game with some information. I know my <laughs> listeners can do the same. So thanks a lot. Of course, anytime. Anytime you need us, we are available. And, and hopefully the Rays are able to pull out in game five and uh, make it an interesting storyline for baseball because I think that would be huge. I mean, it's, it's um, you know, it, it may be the one time where uh, the game may overshadow Thursday night football to, to some extent or to, you know, to the fringe baseball fan. Giants, giant, giant Patriots. All right, that is it. Raise up. Who's next? I don't know.